Hello and welcome to the Marriage Be Hard Conversations podcast. I am Melissa. I'm Kevin Fredericks. And on this podcast, you know, I know we on the Love Hour streaming feed, RSS feed or whatever have you, but we revamped it, remixed it a little bit, and we're sitting down with some of our favorite couples that we find inspirational, interesting, something that we can learn from, uh, or couples that we feel we can learn something from, couples that we think you can learn something from, and we are having real, relatable, and often very funny conversations surrounding love and marriage. On today, come on, let me get churchy, okay? Come on, Melissa, now. (laughs) On today, we have two very special guests. You've seen them all over your social medias with a word from the Lord that's also dressed in flyness. You hear me, okay? (laughs) Clothing on point, hair on point, makeup on point, shoes on point, the whole entire package, and then you get a mic and they are talking to you like, hold on a second. The word of the Lord is packaged like this. <laughs> I wasn't quite prepared. And that is none other than PT and Sarah Roberts. How'd you like my intro? That was fantastic. Welcome to the show, PT and Sarah. I just want to say this before we get to you guys. Uh, One Church LA is the first church I came to when I went to LA. Uh, when Zay Zay was doing Little Rascals, mm-hmm. and I said, "Man, this is cool!" And everybody, beautiful, everybody's young and free, and people have tattoos. And I like this church. And we was, <laughs> I want to say it was in North Hollywood. It was like, um, it was like a Seventh Day Adventist church. It was around a Seventh Day Adventist church, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. And then it went to, um, then it moved to Hollywood. So mm-hmm. PT was super great. He loved the Playmakers before a lot of people were even on them. He loved us. Uh, and Sarah Jakes Roberts, I've also known her for a very long time. Fun fact Come on, on Kirk Franklin's 911 song with TD Jake, that is Sarah's <laughs> voice. If you didn't know, listen to uh, Kirk Franklin's featured artist. Featured artist. Uh, listen to Rebirth of Kirk Franklin. So, welcome to the show, guys. We are very happy to have you. Thank you for taking the time. We know you are very busy. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, oh, welcome. Great. Thank, welcome you. You Thank you. We're we're in different spaces, so we're going to try and make sure we don't talk over each other. But I'm glad to be here. We have so much respect and admiration for you all and your family, and so it's an honor to mm-hmm. be on your show and to join this conversation. Yeah, this is cool. This is kind of like a double date. It's like our first <laughs> double date together. We've known each other and loved each other for a long time, but now it's like a double date. I'm with I it. Love I'm it. With it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what we normally like to do is start our couples from the beginning, get all the warm and fuzzy feelings, make me feel all good and re- believe in love. So tell us your love story. How'd y'all meet? You know, we want all the details. How'd let's y'all hear. meet? Who? Yeah, there's always two versions. Yeah, let's hear. Let's hear one version at a time. Let's let's go with the <laughs> husbands first. We always go with the wives, and they get to set because the their foundation. version is always correct. Yeah, no, that's what there it is. Wives <laughs> always get to set set the foundation of praise. Let's hear PT's version first, because I want to get the truth, and then we'll hear Sarah's to color in the truth. <laughs> I, I, I like the way you think. Man. I like the way you think. Um, well, we were introduced to each other through a mutual friend. Sarah had a book coming out, her first uh, her first big book. And, uh, and our f- friend said, you've got to come to one church. It's a young church. It's a hip church. And I think they will, the audience will resonate with your book. Uh, so that was him telling her. He told me, hey, uh, Bishop T.D. Jake's daughter is in town. I'd like for you to meet her. So I'm like, yes, Bishop Jake's daughter, you're my friend. Let's meet. 
we meet and she walks into the restaurant, Peninsula, uh, the Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills. And she looks absolutely nothing like what I envisioned. <laughs> this girl's got, this girl's got on ripped jeans, thigh high boots, like just super fly. Cause I'm thinking church girl, Bishop Jakes, like Bishop Jakes in a, in a skirt as a, as a, as a, as a that's what I'm thinking. And, and, and it, it was, it was completely different. And I'm like, yo, you, you could be at one, you might look like one church. Um, but we, we, we met, we talked, um, there was a very platonic connection. Um, I appreciated the way she thought about life. We discussed our previous relationships, what we learned, our view of God, et cetera. And we left from that meeting, uh, I at least felt like, you know, there was a connection and, um, and we decided to keep in touch, although we did not keep in touch. Oh, and by the way, she flirted with me because oh after that message and I, and my intentions were pure, Kevin, <laughs> they were completely malicious. I know they, they were, were PT above they were pure, pure intentions. Above reproach. The, now, now, you know what this is code for. Let me tell you what she tweeted. She tweeted out. Just had, you know, lunch or just met, you know, at Torrey Roberts, brilliant mind. Now, what does that mean? Come on, what does that mean? He's smart. Come that on, brilliant literally mind. just means you're smart. Literally, you that's on what the other means. hand made sure that I had your number before we left. Oh. I wasn't, I said we should connect on social media. You was like, social media, we can do one better. Let me give you my number. That's how I remember it. That's what well, I thought be, when I was there because I, I wanted I to cover there. you, I, because I wanted to cover you. And, and I wanted to make sure, I mean, you're here in LA, out here with these jeans and these thigh boots, and I just wanted to cover you and protect you because there are a lot of things that happen in LA. And I wanted you to have direct access to me so that I can cover you. This man said, I want to make sure you're you safe. Pretty woman, you was going to protect me yes. my thigh boots in LA. This is it's very much so giving Richard Gears, very much so giving pretty woman. And I just... I don't know. Go ahead with your lies. <laughs> so, so, so fast forward a month. Um, uh, Bishop Jakes was having his international pastors and leadership conference is what it was called. Then uh, I was attending the same guy, Derek invited me to attend. I go to the conference and I'm sitting there. Bishop is speaking and Sarah walks by and she walks by and she sits down. Now I ain't going to lie. She looked real good. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it wasn't no thigh high boots this time. She had on, I believe, was it like a cheetah dress, like a it cheetah? Was a cheetah Ooh, Lord. Ooh. But 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 still, because I'm in the presence of God, I even though she looked good, I was I was emotionally I was I was constrained. I really was. Hey. I, I I'm going to focus on this message. <laughs> And so I, love you, I just, you, you don't, you know, I said, you, I you look you, good, but that's not why we're here. We're Come here on. to develop and grow. And <laughs> okay. so, and so I start, so I text her. The message was very <laughs> in line with what she and I had talked about. <laughs> and I text her throughout the message saying, wow, look at God. Look the at conversation. God. <laughs> look at God. Look at God. Look at God. So we, never used my number. Has not used number since we had breakfast a month later now i'm his text buddy in church <laughs> i'm just saying so so we, we we text a little bit and we're both enjoying the message uh that session ended everything's fine the evening session came around 
And somehow, supernaturally, I, although I believe that Sarah had something to do with this. Okay, well, you skipped the part, but go ahead with your story. <laughs> Which part did I skip? Because it wasn't the same day. Remember, you, it was the next you day? came to my session. You continued with the stalking. You came to my <laughs> session. <laughs> That's right. I did come to your session because you invited me. I wanted to encourage you. You hadn't been speaking a whole lot. I wanted to be support. I did wanted not, to be support. Did not. I wanted to be support. Okay. Oh, there you go, covering okay. me again. And huh? And then you came, you text me again after the session. I'm like, prayer hands, thank you, Pastor. Appreciate you, Pastor. So you know when you pastor zone somebody, it's kinda it's not quite friends on pastor zone them. But Pastor Pastor started looking a little PT to me on that last session. Pastor Pastor had a transition. Go ahead with your story. Go ahead. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is on that last session, I am there to get my last bit of message, my last bit of word. And somehow I get sat down in the front row right next to Sarah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You, 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 very, you know those seats are very controlled. You know that's you, you can't just sit down there. Somehow... Some way I get called and told to sit right down there next to her. Hmm. But I said, you know what? God, I'm not going to be suspicious. I'm going to trust your will in this whole thing. Come on. I love and PT. It's the best story ever. It's the best. It's just the and best. So, and so once that sermon is over, once that sermon is well, over. Well, see, there you go again. Okay, but what was happening during the sermon? Oh, well, we were talking about the message. <laughs> we, we, not French, this English only, we wasn't talking about the message. You were nudging me, creating dialogue, having conversation <laughs> with me while the man of God was preaching. At this point, I'm trying to stay focused. I'm fresh in my walk as a leader, trying to figure out who I am in this whole big old world. And I'm trying to pay attention to you like, did you know that? Or uh -huh, that was good. That was good. And then so there was dialogue happening during service. And then what happened? And then what happened is I am getting ready to take my word and go apply it to my life <laughs> and leave this and leave this setting. Yeah. I'm gonna fight and you right here on marriage be so hard. <laughs> because <laughs> go ahead. Said I'm apply. I was and ready to apply it. I, I wanted to apply it to my life to be a better man through application. Come on. And and, and Sarah turns to me and looks me in my eye and says, I am coming to LA in a couple of weeks, and you are taking me to dinner. Mm, we love a foreign language. And I felt <laughs> very intimate. It's her father's big conference. She's there. Uh, who am I to resist such a powerful force? And I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, the rest was history. I'm not a basketball player, but I know what it's like to see someone trying to shoot their shot. And sometimes you need a little help. I think they call it a layup. I don't know. Call someone else. That's I'm all like, it was. You're obviously trying to strike up something here. You obviously seem moved by my presence. Let me invite you into an opportunity to just bask in who I am a little bit more. And so, yes, I'm coming to LA and you're taking me to dinner. And I felt like I had nothing to lose. Um, at minimum, we would have a conversation recapping the conference maybe a friendship would develop never in my wildest dreams did i imagine that dinner would actually turn into me meeting the love of my life oh this is on. great and almost nine years later 
Here yeah. you are. Oh. That was, the, first of all, a freaking fantastic story. Thoroughly enjoyed every moment of this. That was a small group session. <laughs> yeah. That's all it was. Yeah, it was a small group. Taking a break from this episode to talk about something really important, and that is life insurance. We are parents. Kevin and I both are parents. We kids? We do. I don't oh. know if you've met them. Two handsome boys that are... What? young men at this point i need to meet them immediately yes and what is one of our top priorities as their parents is to protect their well-being we want to give our boys everything they need to grow and thrive both now and in the future with term life insurance from fabric by gerber life help protect your family so their future is secure no matter what happens fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. It takes about 10 minutes for you to apply. You get a quote and then personalize your quote to fit your family's needs. You could be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Um, obviously, a lot of you are aware that we experienced a tragedy in our life uh, last year. And I'm not even going to lie, that kicked us into gear to get our... Uh, financial situation in order, including getting life insurance. Yeah, sure um, insurance insuring our state was in order, which is actually like a lot. So even if you don't have like a huge estate, this is something that you can do. It's affordable, doesn't require a health exam, and it just gives you peace of mind, and you want that peace of mind to ensure that you, your kids, and your family is protected. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Get your personalized quote in seconds at meetfabric.com slash M-B-H. M-B-H. That's meet, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash M-B-H. M-B-H. Meet, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash mbh mbh policies insured by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions let's get back to the episode all right so we're back thank you to our sponsors all right pt and sarah now you guys are married kevin and Melissa, we are Wait, both. Wait, I just want to say, I'm sorry, I do want to say this. I should have broke us back in. You read about it. I know. I know you asked. Just, it's okay. Marriage be hard sometimes. This is the moment. Uh, that I remember, and I I thought you were going to say this in the story, because I'm like, Loki, I feel like maybe we were part of this love story. We didn't know. It's small. I was just in the audience. But we remember when we first moved here and Sarah came and preached at one church for East. I was it Easter. It was Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Mother's Day. Thank Mother's you. Day. Oh, we wow. were in you know, the congregation. We sure were. You know what's crazy is we were in love then, but we didn't. We weren't telling anybody. Oh. Uh, we, yeah, we had because literally that first that first date that Sarah's talking about, we fell head over heels in love. Wow. Um, the first dinner when she broke, made before she forced you. Exactly. Where he okay. humbly exactly. obliged. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Um, which for me is against all the rules. I don't, you know, I, if you would have come to me and talked about love at first night, and I, I would, re, I would probably rebuke that now. <laughs> but, but that was literally our, our testimony. But I didn't know that you guys were, were, we were there, there that day. We, yep, were there. we were there. Love at first bite. Yes, we wow. actually saw Sarah in the parking yep. lot on our way out, like after service. I think your son was still shorter wow. than you then, if I'm not mistaken. I know, he is not right he now, but he definitely not. was then. I was like, I'd be looking at pictures, I'd be like, that is a man, not man child. 
whole beard, everything. He's a man, but he's also just a boy. So yeah. I feel you, Melissa, when I see your pictures. Like, how did this happen? How did it happen? I don't understand. I literally It's don't hard understand. when you see him every day. Yes. Because you don't yes. really notice it. It's when you look back, you're like, what is that? How sick? did you get here? <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, one thing I'm curious about, you, you know, I, I've known you both separately prior and, you know, obviously as a couple, you know, hung out and all that. That's not there. Um, I'm curious about working together, right? We're both curious. Melissa and I work together, and that presents its own uh, challenges. You guys work together, but you also work together in ministry now. Melissa and I also worked in the church um, prior to being uh, married and after, uh, together, but we didn't lead ministries together. Um, if you guys don't know, listeners, leading a ministry of people is very difficult. Just any church, 10, 15, 100 members. Leading humongous churches and being public figures, I just imagine that is infinitely more pressure um, to navigate. Uh, we're curious, what is that like? Just let's start with working together, leading a ministry. What, take us through uh, some of the highs and lows of that. You know, I think we are fortunate. One existed before I met PT. So when I came into one, I really wondered, like, where do I fit? Do I fit into this? He made it clear. He's like, obviously, you're not like the speaker, first lady type. Like, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do it. At the time, I was still very much so finding my voice, trying to determine whether or not ministry felt like something that was organic to me, because I really want everything I do to be authentic. And so when I first came to one, I was really just supporting in whatever area that I could. Um, so for me, I feel like we work together, but we really honor one another's strengths and one another's vision. So with one, I'm there to support in any way that I can with the call, with the music, whatever. I'm there to support what he does. And then he does the same with me in all of the different organizations that I own. And so I think it's knowing like, when am I a CEO? When am I the founder? And when am I the support system that the CEO can bounce ideas off of. So we don't have, I don't think anyway, a lot of day-to-day -day collaboration as much as when there is like a crisis or a dilemma, we're able to bounce ideas off of one another. So I don't know, PC, what do you think? No, you, you've described it, it, it perfectly. We, we know our lane. So like with, obviously with one, you know, I founded one and, and carry the heart and, and the vision uh, of one and and uh, and have you know the relationship with the staff and all that kind of stuff, uh, and then with and then call leaders is the same way with Sarah. Woman evolved, you know. Even though I was there, that's her baby, and it's really cool. I actually like taking the back seat, so like she gets to be my boss uh, <laughs> when when we're doing Woman Evolve conference a tour, and I literally like pull back and uh, and sometimes um, you know particularly when we were just you know, when starting Woman Evolve, and it's still pretty new, it's like five years, um, there would be times where I would maybe have an insight uh, because I was, was a leader for longer, but I wouldn't even, if I were to present it, I would present it as, you know, something to consider, but not this takeover sort of thing. We really respect each other. I, I think that we, we both admire, to Sarah's point, one another's greatness, uh, or excuse me, one another's um, unique um, uh, greatness and expertise in, in, in certain areas. And uh, we, we don't, 
you know, I'm trying to think like, I, I want to give you something uh, conflict wise. I mean, what, what, where are we, what, have, what, you probably have something that comes to mind <laughs> available. We've but like, what, what? Moment. I won't say that we yeah. haven't had any moments, but because yeah. I think that um, when I first started my businesses, PT did have more leadership experience. And I think that I really desired to cut my teeth. Like I wanted to learn, like I needed to mm-hmm. make the mistakes. I wanted to be able to make the decisions without consulting him and things would happen. And he'd be like, why didn't you talk to me about that? I'm like, I didn't feel obligated to, because this is my business. This is my, my baby. And I want to be able to like roll up my sleeves and build it. And so I do think we had some conflict um, initially in me just really wanting to be outside, be outside without any, um, you know, safeguards and him wanting to make sure that I didn't have to learn the lessons that he learned. I think one of the things that I had to do was really recognize that well, two things that my husband's strength did not diminish my own strength. Mm, so just good. because he had an insight and experience and a perspective in a lane that I had not yet had those insights and experiences, it didn't make my strength any less valuable. And so that brings me to my second thing that I had to learn as it relates to just working together is that like the work is not my identity, which I think a lot of people in ministry, I, not even ministry, the industry, careers, whatever, you can make the work your identity. And when the work becomes your identity, then everything is counting on you to show up and make it happen. But when I'm able to say, you know what, like that was that, we closed that deal, we finished that, whatever, that project, and then that's come to an end. Now I can be a wife. Now I can be a person outside of that. Then not, I'm not counting on that to fulfill me in a way that my husband and my children can. And so I think I had to like, I don't know if that made any sense, but no, I had to untie sense. my need for my identity to be connected to my achievement and really allow the work to take on whatever life it was going to take on so that I could honor who my husband was and who I am outside of the context of trying to prove something. I love that. This uh, this brought up another question because in obviously I know you grew into this leadership, but over the last couple of years, you, Sarah, have like, blossomed as a speaker and it just we were just talking about the the mother's day thing and i was like oh man you had to speak one time and this is your first thing your first conference you know you just been killing you know i see people who ain't even saved talking about um glory triggers like girl you got to listen to that sarah roberts well, mm-hmm. I, I i was smoking bro she hit me man because my dad was a pastor i said okay sarah reaching the people on my timeline i ain't know what's listening to messages like that <laughs> so what i'm curious is from both of you or especially upt what was it like to watch her, like, as she found her voice, how you navigated it? Like, hold on, she ain't, oh, hold on, okay, okay, sir, kind of, okay, she killing, look, because I remember, girl, get up. I tell Melissa that when we got to go work out. Girl, get up, girl, get up. My kids use that girl. against me all the time, I'm sure. But how did you navigate that? Because Melissa and I are in a space where, you know, we're changing and, you know, maneuvering. It's kind of like uh, tectonic plates sometimes. Uh, and you got to make space and allow for growth and stuff. So how did you guys navigate, Sarah, you you growing? Because PT, like you said, you were already leading a ministry that was pretty big in L.A., very popular. And, Sarah, you're coming into your own. What was that transition like? Yeah, I, I think for, for me, I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you're right. It, it was it was a shift because uh, I was pretty much doing everything. Um, but I've always had a philosophy and it, and it's. Maybe it's rare. It shouldn't be rare, but it is rare. Uh, and you may have even heard me say this back in one when we were on 4824 Tahunga. And that is, as a pastor, 
I'm, I'm trying to work myself out of a job. Mm. And what I mean by that is that my, my vision was never to build big buildings. I mean, the reason why we're doing three services in, in, uh, in LA is because, you know, I decided not to build a big building, but to instead build big people. Mm. And so, so, so Sarah, I believe it, and I'm not, I wouldn't dare take the credit at all who can, but God for, for what has happened in her and through her life. Uh, but I do feel like I played a role in supporting that and creating an environment for that to happen. So for me, it was exciting to see, I mean, this is a, this is a very deep thought, but I, I'll just say, and let the inference be what it is. It was refreshing to see someone take the seed of the word, take the seed of the encouragement, take the seat of the environment and do something world changing. And so, uh, so it was, it was, it was amazing to behold. Uh, there was never this competition or this ego trip or whatever, you know, as I, I just, I just love to see it. I felt like it was my role to support it, to encourage it and that God would ultimately get the glory. That's how it was for me anyway. Yeah, some context to that. So you guys will remember PT said that uh, our friend introduced us, his friend basically, uh, he's our mutual friend, but he basically was like, there's this church in LA you should go to. Part of the reason why he said that is because when I was sharing my story, right, it, it, it's not exactly the kind of story that is like Sunday service worthy in more traditional mm -hmm. churches. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to one and got to experience what makes one different, I felt at home in a way that I've never felt spiritually. And I share this all the time. Like I always was just like the odd one out. I just, I love like hip hop. I love the culture. Um, I, you know, I had my kid at 14 years old. After that, I'm like, listen, I'm definitely going to be outside. I spent 10 years outside. I went through this abusive relationship. Like I just wasn't the one who got it. Um, the church thing, like that just wasn't my thing. And so I finally found this community where I felt like you did, Kev, when you walked in there, like they got tattoos. These are like people <laughs> who you see on TV or in magazines, like they don't look like these like regular church girls. And so I found a space where I could connect with God and hear God's voice in a way that empowered me to trust what God was doing in my life. Having said that, I wasn't expecting to, you know, like be whoever I am. Like, I'm not impressed by like whatever has happened in my life because I didn't plan it. I didn't strategize it. And so I don't really take a lot of ownership in it. But what I do take ownership in is the fact that I know for sure that had I not found what God did through PT's life, then I would not have found myself. And so as incredible as it is to, to mean a lot to a lot of people, to be trusted by so many people, it doesn't take away from what happens in my marriage because I, I see us up there. Like I see us going viral. I see us reaching people who would not otherwise be in church because he helped me to hear God's voice. And he still helps me to hear God's voice. Like PT is my pastor. I was just He's about to ask you that. When we first got married, um, he used to tell me, I wish you would just let me pastor me. And I was like, miss me with the pastoring. Like, I don't do pastors. And then eventually I, I was like, what you mean by that? Like, break that down for me. And the more I became curious about how he could share what God was doing in his life and what he saw God doing through my, through my life, the more empowered I became to show up 
um, as the version of myself that I think so many people get to experience. I uh, like one hundred. You what do you have to say? I just Sarah, the way you describe yourself, it's it, you sound like you had a leather jacket on. You were smoking and playing guitar. <laughs> like I don't listen to church. Look at her face. Me and the guys you are ain't, out here. You ain't too far from wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing her thing. <laughs> she was doing we outside. Her thing. I won't even get into it. I won't even get into it. But I was like, listen, if I don't fit, I might as well go find out what's happening. Listen. If I'm going to be out, let if me I'm be, be all a square the way. and all of y'all are circles, let me be the best square I could possibly <laughs> listen, be. <JV>. The <laughs> prodigal son be. said, if I'm going to go, I'm, I ain't going to have a dime left, Show no up. clothes. I'm eating with the pig, baby. Let I went as far as I, I could go. I am very intense person when I do something I go all of the way um so yeah I was definitely like I mean I talk about it in my book like I just I've I've been a lot of places I've done a lot of things and um none of those things were you know authentic to who I am I think they were a response to who people said I couldn't be mm. and so I think that when I came out of that space of being reactionary that I had an opportunity to be authentic and I really leaned into it but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't mean to I was, you. No, no worries. I, I really love this. One of the things that's kind of coming out to me that I think maybe we could spend a little bit of time on is this idea of I love I can't remember who said if it was PT or Sarah, but were you talking about like I have to understand essentially when I am the CEO, I am in charge. And when essentially I'm there to be a supportive, uh, you know, ear to bounce off for my partner. I love that because in all relationships, that dynamic of being able to um, ebb and flow doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so if you're used to, we say this all the time, Kevin is used to being Kev on stage, okay? He is very much used to that. And so when he's coming at me with very Kev on stage energy, which is a businessman, um, a brand, an owner, an entrepreneur, someone that people respect because of everything that he has built, he's coming at me and I'm like, yeah, well, I remember when you were 16 years old riding a bike at, on Burger King. <laughs> in the middle of the night at 10 o'clock after closing and I was begging my mama to come pick you up. So... Long time ago. Long I'm going to need Kevin on stage to, to clock out so Kevin Fredericks can come in so that way I also have the opportunity to blossom and grow. So how do you cultivate um, or not even cultivate, it's really about like embracing this idea like this is your moment and even when to be honest, even when I might know better I'm going to still allow you to do you and go through your own journey. You know what I mean? Like, that can be hard because you got to yeah. put a muscle on sometimes. And really what you want to say is, hey, don't do that. Don't. Uh, that's dumb because I had did that already. You don't remember? Let me show you. Let me pull you the receipts. This is my scar when I had did that. And I'm just trying to prevent you from getting the same scar I got. And me, myself, personally, I'd be like, okay, but I want my own scar. Right. So, like, step back. <laughs> What's a little blood? Listen, like, blood in, blood out. Listen to me. Like, what is this? We're in 2023. Like, there's Biosporin, there's Band Aids. They come in my skin tone now. Like, I'll, it'll be okay. <laughs> I want PT to chime in on that because his face, he know he 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 has some firsthand experience with this. <laughs> but uh, Melissa, I do want to say I think that that notion of like when am I the CEO, when am I the support outside of just doing business and ministry together, I think it shows up in parenting as well. Like mm. there are some moments where like I there are some moments in some children who require 
a different parent to take the lead because they have a better um, they have a better way of handling things, a better way of communicating. And, you know, maybe we can get into that a little bit too, just understanding the strengths and the weaknesses. Well, because good. like when it comes to discipline, when it comes to academics, like some parents are better at taking the lead and the other parent has to be willing to support whatever that vision is, but also recognizing like, I may not be the one who can talk to them about this because I have a soft spot I don't see them properly whatever yeah. and so we've experienced that in raising our family too but go ahead PT let's talk about those moments like <laughs> CEO hat is on and it's a lot of like text messages coming through or a lot of communication that feels very business and aggressive and not loving and romantic yeah yeah um about that um no S Sarah has had to, to check me so I'll get in so I, I do a lot, you know, I'm a pastor, but I have other companies that do other things as well that require a certain level of professionalism and quite frankly, directness, mm -hmm. you know, particularly when you're dealing with staff and you're dealing with contracts and attorneys, I'm negotiating all the time. Break from this episode right now to tell you about our podcast sponsor, HelloFresh. Mm -mm -mm. Let me tell you why HelloFresh is amazing. There's a couple things that make it really amazing, but let me tell you about a firsthand experience. That is, you can get your kids to cook. Show him. You got teenagers at your house. This is our. This was my idea to you, teach the boys how to cook. Was it? Tell fresh. us more. What'd you say? I said, you know what? What kind of boys am I raising? You can't all be ordering and and eating stuff that's microwave. What are you gonna do when you move out on your own? How are you gonna be able to cook dinner? You won't even know how to survive. And I said, why don't we teach them with HelloFresh? And, and, and that they did. This is one of our personal favorite things about HelloFresh because they come with an instruction manual, okay, an instruction card. They come with all the ingredients that you need. It's so easy. Most of the meals are done in or under, call it an hour, but usually that 30 to 45 minute mark, sweet spot, okay? Mm -hmm. Your kids don't, they don't need a whole bunch of pots usually. Things are like very simple. We had Isaiah make the one pan beef enchiladas, okay? It comes with the green pepper. It comes with the sour cream, the hot sauce, the ground beef, the spices, the salsa, the tortillas, the cheese blend, the salt, y'all, everything. You hear me? Everything. Everything is there. that you need is included in this little bag. It comes. That's easy cleanup. It's the instruction cards gives you everything you need. All there. Counter spay. Everything is done. It is so easy. It is so convenient, and it is cheaper than ordering out. Check save money off your growing to-do list with the help of HelloFresh. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and twenty-five percent cheaper than takeout. No worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen, and that could be yourself or your teenager, okay? No problems if you're not a pro in the kitchen because HelloFresh foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. Hosting a get-together? Check out Fresh HelloFresh Market for crowd-pleasing appetizers, snacks, sides, and more for your next gathering. Okay, we all know how stressful it is for um, when you're hosting people. Mm -hmm. Again, easy way to get things done. Bing, bang, boom. And look at you looking like a host, like a Martha Stewart-esque host. And the best part, you can skip that extra trip to the grocery store. HelloFresh cares about quality. That's why their seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from the farm to your home in less in seven days so you know they are fresh go to hellofresh.com slash mbh 16 and use code mbh 16 
MBA 16. For 16 free meals plus free shipping, again, HelloFresh.com slash MBH16. MBH16. Use code MBH16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Now let's get back to the episode. And uh, I would get into this work rhythm and I would text or talk to Sarah like she worked for me. And and I didn't and I didn't even know <laughs> I didn't even know that I was doing it mm-hmm. like you know until she and thank God she said something to me but you know she finally def- defined it like look I, I don't I don't work for you I, I'm your I'm your wife I'm I'm always your wife and uh, and so her communicating that I, I I would always learn to really turn off that business thing and engage her in a particular way and that. Um, that, I, I do pretty good with that now, right, baby? Do, you am, do. I, am I okay? Well, what are the tips, BT? Come on. Give us the one, two, three steps. They have different businesses. Huh? They said it's different because they I have different businesses. I was just trying businesses. to see if maybe your next book could be the one, two, the ABCs. You know what I mean? PT's book to Kev on stage. Yeah, Other people can buy it, though. <laughs> I, I, I think that's actually hilarious. <laughs> I think, I think I I really care about how Sarah feels. Mm. I I, I really, uh, when she said that to me, instead of being defensive, I was almost hurt Mm. uh, because it is never my intention to belittle her or to minimize her or to make her feel like a staff person. It is the exact opposite. I think so highly of her. And, and I want to build her. I want my words to build her. So when she said that, uh, it checked me. It convicted me. And it became something that I would always keep in my mind. Because you know when you're in that that mode, man. You, you, you're on the phone. You're closing deals. You're a little tired. You know what I mean? It's back to back to back to back. You haven't seen your wife all day. You know what I mean? And, you know, you so you know when you're in that rhythm. And, uh, and so it was almost like really a self-awareness type of sure. thing. Okay, I'm in that rhythm. Before I engage my wife, I got to come out of that. And, uh, and, and, it, and it doesn't happen overnight. I don't think that it changed immediately. But what did change was my commitment to do better in that area. I love that. Yeah, I think uh, that's actually, it's so we have this constant thought running through these conversations and it's so refreshing that people from all over the world all walks of life different businesses in some way or another we go through the same versions of the same things uh our our circumstances are different but i i guarantee you pt i still struggle with that i tend to have to catch myself and remind myself who i'm speaking to and how i'm speaking to them and also even when I'm asked a question from my wife, that sounds like a question that somebody who works for me will say, I have to make sure I'd be like, almost like a filter. Like, this is a wife filter. You're going to say this with a little more sweetness, a little more honey, even if the answer is the same to where somebody works for me, I don't have to, I'm not, you know, crash or harsh to them. But but Kev can be very direct. Be very direct. This is how it should be. This is how I did it. Now I'll do it. Now I'm on to the next thing. Um, but you know, this is something for Melissa and I was so different because we were in very different worlds for a long time, mm-hmm. right? She was, even though we worked both at Boeing, she was really working there. I was like, let me do this little <laughs> funky little job so I can make my videos <laughs> and do this stand up. I'm never, if I have to, if I retire here, I have failed in life. 
right? <laughs> Melissa, on the other hand, was like, I can retire here. I'll do 30 years. So it, was, it wasn't as much of a plan. And we didn't have, like, one thing you guys have shared, that you have one church where you're the pastor and Sarah supports you. And you have Women Evolve, Women Evolve where Sarah's the leader and PT supports her. Mm-hmm. Ours more is like all, it got all mushed up. Yeah, you know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just one thing, especially the Love Hour Conference, you know, as everything merged in. So it's just refreshing to see that, um, that other people have had to struggle with the same things. I wanted to go back to what you guys were saying, though, uh, about parenting. You guys have a blended family. We were just, this just happened last night uh, with us, talking about parenting, take the lead. When it comes to academics, Melissa is the lead, and I'm just her support. Like, she gonna make sure the paper's done. She gonna make sure the boys are in tutoring. She gonna make sure this and that. There's, you know, I have my place, too. Like, I get the movie tickets, um, you bring the food, <laughs> which is important. <laughs> Movie tickets to Doctor Strange, you know, John Wick. I'm going to make sure we go as a family. But, you know, so Melissa takes the lead in disciplinarian things and things like that. But you guys have, you each had your own children. You guys have a baby together, if I'm not mistaken, right? Daughter. Mm-hmm. Daughter together. What was that like blending a whole family and then having a new child and navigating different children of different ages and needs? And you still had your jobs which are taxing. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that that uh, balancing act. Especially because your kids are big. We have, listen to me, <laughs> listen to me. We have a 16 and a 14-year-old. Yeah. Our 16 just started dating this little girl. Oh, he be holding her hand. He be doing the most, okay? In our face? Yes. He holds her <laughs> hand in our presence? There is no fear. I would fear. never. I could there never. Is no, I, if I saw my mom and I was holding Melissa's hand, I would disintegrate. Yeah. He didn't even skip a beat. He no. walked faster. He hugged her. <laughs> In my eyesight, I, <laughs> who are you? I, Why do you feel this comfortable with me? No, seriously, I like I have like a love hate relationship with it because I was like I could never do that with my mom ever, like never ever. And then I'm like, but I appreciate that you feel like you could do that with me, but also don't be doing that with me, okay? Like, but also, don't, but also like save some of that. That's what we get for like being this generation of Girl. like therapy and communication and talk to me about your feelings, and then they're like allowed to act out their lives in front of us. Oh. Hiding, it's gross. I'm but like, I don't want to see it. Yes, gross. it's gross and beautiful. <laughs> I just had a conversation with him a couple weeks ago because he just got this little girlfriend about breakups. Why she got be- you know, every time. You know, every time. Every time. You know, because he got this little girlfriend or whatever. You know, he want to take it to you know the little Universal over the weekend or whatever. Every time. Um, but yeah, we, I literally had a conversation with him about heartbreak. Like, and I was like, I never had a conversation with my parents about that. But I'm like, this is your first girlfriend. <clears throat> you know, your first girlfriend going to be the one you fall head over heels in love with. And you think that's she going to be the one. And inevitably, well, not inevitably, we both out. Girl, but, I'm you know, your first boyfriend. Yes. But however, <laughs> you was not. Uh-oh. Oh, them other little. Ain't nobody Hello? cuz there ain't anyway, nobody. <laughs> the point Come on, is, now you, that, was, now you know you ain't have a real one till you, you ain't had a real till you met the real you feel me? <laughs> but I literally had a conversation with him about like heartbreak. Like, what do you think about it? How do you how do you feel like you're gonna handle it? Like, how do you like all of these things? I'm like, also, I don't need you to go cuckoo for Cocoa Bus. Anyway, all of that to say, these are conversations we never had with our parents. These are conversations that I don't know. Kev handles different conversations with them, and our approach. I can't listen. Blended families or not, parenting with anyone. 
yeah. is difficult because your approach, your philosophy, you want to talk about the blending of two lives that's difficult. Add children to the mix and you really start to understand your philosophy of life mm -hmm. versus my philosophy of life and how we expect our children to be raised and behave and think and all of those things. Child, that was a whole lot. I'm going to let y'all answer the question. I think every marriage, every couple, every family is a blended family because you do have people mm -hmm. from different backgrounds different even if you're both black like the way things were done in your household are two likely two different cultures we talk about things we don't talk about things mm -hmm. and so everyone is blending a family but yes we were blending children that we had from previous relationships and what I did from the beginning was tell him like I want the kids to date just like we're dating. Like, I don't think we should get married and then be like, all right, boom, now everyone's family. And so we went to Disneyland. We went to the movies. We did Dave and Busters. We had opportunities where we could get to know one another. That wasn't dinner, right? Because like, what are we going to talk about? Mm -hmm. We're strangers. This is weird. It's a little awkward. Let's have an activity that allows us to really see one another without having to engage. And so that's how we started the foundation of blending our family and then when we moved into marriage it was different just like when you're dating someone versus when you're married like now I see they don't do their homework now I see this one has anxiety now I see that this one struggles with depression and so now we're like seeing one another and I think one of the most difficult things to do when you're blending a family is not seeing your partner's observation as a judgment about your parenting mm -hmm. because so often we can become I could become really defensive about like PT saying like, hey, what do you think that is? And me think, well, I'm all he ever had. And you know, I'm all she's got. And this is what happened. And really seeing that as an opportunity for him to help cultivate his own ability to parent my child because of a perspective that he has that I didn't have. Having said that, required a lot of trust, required me to believe that correcting them was not alienating them from love, helping him to understand like, this is the way that I communicate. They're sensitive about this. So this is how I do that. Really tutoring the parent while also giving them liberty to really show up and create their own connection with the child, I think has been really helpful. So we decided from the very beginning, like we were the unit, like we are going to set the tone for the family. Like, they were our exes who got to see us live <laughs> together yeah. because a lot of times it's like, you know, well, I'm going to be loyal to my kids. And if this works out, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but mm -hmm. at least I'm going to be loyal to my kids. But we really believe that God brought us together and we didn't think that God would bring us together and not have a plan that included our children. Sure. And part of honoring that was us really saying, okay, so we're going to set the tone. We're going to set the foundation. They're going to hear the same thing. We're not going to talk about the other one to the children and so uh, with that as our foundation, we were able to have like a little meeting, good cop, who's going to be good cop, who's going to be bad cop. We slap fives and then go out there and face the children. And we are always remember even now to like come back to center and then determine the plan. Who's going to, who's going to be the CEO, who's going to be the support. And then what's the ultimate goal. So that's what, what I say. PT, you want to add anything to that? No, just to highlight, uh, just to highlight the point that you made about us being a unit in that, uh, because a lot of times when you have children from different relationships, they come in with this, this is my person, mm -hmm. you know, on, on the one side, and this is my person. And we broke all that down. Uh, you know, we, we said, no, we're, we're one and, and everybody is loved. And uh, we just shared a lot of common values about 
um, about raising children. But that number one thing was that we're going to be one. There's no pulling one against the other. This is the unit. And we continue to learn and develop and to develop them. And we were really blessed with a, a, a smooth blended family as opposed to some of the horror stories that you hear. I will say too, like my biological, biological children, their father isn't in their lives, but my uh, bonus children's biological mom is very much so a part of their lives. And part of what I also believe we were able to accomplish in blending our family was PT didn't have to break her heart and marry me and build a family all in the same See, week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those boundaries were very well established before I came into the picture. A lot of times when I see blended families struggle, it's because someone new enters the picture and now all of a sudden the breakup becomes real. And now that the breakup has become real, that person doesn't have as much access to someone that they used to have. And so I think the onus is on the partner in the middle to make sure that the boundaries are clear, that the boundaries don't exist just because someone else has entered the picture. And even if it's too late for that, that person has the responsibility of saying, this is how things are still with honor, still with respect, um, because you got to walk out life with this person who you've had a child with. But my husband is the one who paved the way for us to walk things out together. I love this couple things. We're just going to, you know, I love landing on a point. We're going to land on this point here. A couple things that you guys have said that I think is really beneficial, whether you are a blended family or not, because I love the idea that we are all blending. We really are. Because the reality is Kevin and I have been together since we were 16 years old. 40 is knocking on my door. You hear me? And that heifer is loud. Okay? Yo, Liz. Hey, You got about two months left. Come see your girl. Now I need you to back up. Social distance from me. Okay? Back up. So we've been together for a long time. Like, almost at this point, longer. I've been with Kevin longer than I haven't been with him at this point in my life. And yet and still... Our approach to our children is so different. And what you were talking about where you're saying trust that Mm. at the end of the day, even if your approach is different than mine, I can trust that at the end of the day, you have not only my best interests at heart, but these kids best interests at heart. So what you're saying is not to make me out to be the bad guy. I'm not here to make you out to be the, the bad guy. I'm not here to put the kids against you or against them. And this is, we had the conversation. Um, it was, I'm trying to remember if it was a private conversation or a conversation we had publicly. So I'm going to just not give the name because I don't want to be that person. Um, but we had a conversation with someone and they were talking about like she was, or both of them were like, like Loki, we would not get to blows, but like we would have huge breakout arguments about our kids because our approaches were so different. And so this idea of trust, this idea of having a conversation so you're able to come out as a united front. I just posted, uh, reposted um, this quote that I'd be saying things, child, I'd be forgetting, uh, that I said on the Love Hour years ago, and that is, you do not have to be uniform to be unified. Mm -hmm. And that's what I heard you saying. We don't have to necessarily agree 
But once we come to an agreement, we have to come out on one accord. Yeah. And that is what mm -hmm. I think is important. Sometimes we get stuck in parenting and relationships and marriages, whatever have you, that I have to convince you on to my side. I have to convince you how I am right. And you need to agree with that. Sometimes the move is to agree to disagree, but come out united yeah. on whatever right. it is that we decide that we agree on, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what else I realized in, in, this, in this way, I think you guys who came in together and blended your families might have had a leg up on us. There's some things I realized we never even had a conversation about, about that we just mm. thought, right? I'll give you an example. This came out in therapy a couple months ago. Um, in my mind, when my children got to the age of 16, I was going to get them a new car. Oh, yes. Why? Because in my life, my parents couldn't afford to give me a new car, couldn't afford to give me a car at all. First car I got was a Geo Metro that the driver's door didn't close. It and, did close. You had broken. Yeah, and I had taped it red. I didn't break it. That door closed when you first got it. Don't do not do that. Okay. <laughs> so, and I was very jealous of uh, the other kids at my school who had brand spanking new cars, Toyota Camrys. One kid had a BMW, but even, you know, all Hyundai was yeah, brand it was new. Hyundai was brand Melissa's new. parents uh, got her a car, all three of the girls, a car, but it wasn't not new. They, they got it was a car. New to us. Yeah, they got a car that was the age. Or they, they got a car that was born the year they were born. Correct. So Melissa had nice. like an '83 Honda Civic. Her sister had like an '85, <laughs> and the male had like '87. Yep. So Melissa and I never had this conversation. Next thing you know, our son is around that age of turning, you know, 16. We're talking about getting cars. Melissa's in her mind, she's gonna do the exact thing her dad did to her. I'm gonna give you a little hoopty, and you gonna, you know, you don't. Nobody deserves a brand new car. I'm like, I'm not going to give you the Maserati, but also here's my chance to rectify little Kevin who was 16 <laughs> and was looking at those kids and, you know, not having a new car. And when I tell y'all we had a full oh my on, God. Full on. argument because full on. We, in, we just knew this was going to happen and we never thought, not only didn't have a conversation, we never even thought to say, hey, what kind of car do you think? our son should have when he turns 16. And what is so interesting, and this is where the blending of the families comes in um, that you were talking about earlier, are we having a conversation about cars? But we all know in marriages especially, mm -hmm. you're never talking about whatever it is you're actually what you're talking about. That's not what you're actually talking right. about. What we're actually talking about here are philosophies. Yeah. What we're talking about is how we want our child to be raised, how we want them to think about things, their value of money, their appreciation of things. That's what we're talking about. So if you're trying to rectify little Kevin from 16 years old, all you're trying to do is have him be the kid that has the newest, the best, the shiny thing. I'm like, oh, no, you need to work, brother. Go yeah. ahead, take this little hoopty over here. And if you want something new, get find yourself a job. That's what you need to do. Find yourself a job. <laughs> Put in on this insurance. Save yourself some money because how much money have you ever had to save in your entire life? Not a dollar. But yet you got everything in this closet. So what I'm going to need you to do is find yourself a nine to five. That's going to be from three to nine, nine after to school. Yeah, from, from after school and then I'm going to need you to learn how to balance and juggle and time management going to work and ensuring your grades stay up those are the values that I have because those were the values my parents taught me and so we're not talking about a car yeah. we're talking about something completely different and again that's blending that hmm. is blending when you realize oh wait a minute we have a different approach to this how do we come to an agreement? Because what will never happen is I'm never going to agree with Kev. Kev will never agree with me. But when we approach our child about this car, 
oh, we better be unified. Otherwise, right. your child is going to learn who to go to. Yeah. And oh, the biggest wedge you want to talk about a wedge in a family and a mm. marriage is that let allow your child to realize they can pit you against the other, oh. and all they're doing is playing the game. They'll play you like a fiddle. Listen to me. <laughs> sure. On that note, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And we're back. Thanks so much to our Marriage Be Hard sponsors. Anything you guys want to add on that? Oh. Well, like I said all the time by Ella, but we've finally been able to <laughs> your face. <laughs> but we're doing great with the other kids, right? <laughs> We're we're doing. We're do, I think we're doing good with Ella because we communicate, right? We we talk. You 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 uh, find a way to highlight my deficiency in the area of discipline in your estimation, <laughs> and and, and uh, I don't always agree, but I try to meet you in the middle. Yeah, and, uh, you know. And the 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 interesting thing too is your kids are. They're exposed, well, our kids are exposed to things that we just simply weren't exposed mm -hmm. to. And so especially when you have children that are much older and you're raising a much younger child, you know, they could be looking like, first of all, we could never. Yeah, but we're different now. We're older. Our circumstances are different. And so she receives or is allowed to do things and get things and, you know, experience things that I just didn't have the same capabilities to have. She's like, that ain't my testimony. I right. don't know what you're talking about. Baby girl said, listen to me. <laughs> smell that, like broken here. That, smell, that <laughs> sucks to be you. Okay. That I just want to let you know. I'm like, right now, because I'm trying to gentle parent with this last one, you know, and um, <laughs> my other kids didn't, they, they knew some kind of, it wasn't, it, I wouldn't call it gentle. I, I wouldn't call it hard, <laughs> but I wouldn't call it gentle. And my son be like, you, she didn't say yes, ma'am. Or like, you actually did what she asked you to do. So he really struggles, but God's going to work on that root of bitterness that's in his heart. But yeah, Ella, you know, I think that as we grow and evolve, that our parenting style is growing Absolutely. evolved too. So each child is getting a different parent. Yeah. And um, she's also getting the most exhausted version of me. So like, honestly, in a few years, she's going to have to raise herself because like, <laughs> I've given it all that I've had. I've been a mom since I was 14. I'm at the end of the road. I'm, I'm tired. I'm doing I'm this tired. now. Raise yourself. <laughs> what are you doing? Girl, it, honestly, to be honest, like it's 2023. You can order your own food. Yeah. You can Uber to where you need to go. Amazon is here. for your homework. Right. Oh, chat GPT. Like Come on. Put it in the chat GPT. Oh my God. Why did I do that last night for Joe's paper? I don't know. I would have been chat GPT in it up. Child, <laughs> I sat up till 10, 11 o'clock last night helping this child with his paper. And I was watching Netflix. Oh, uh, come on. Artificial <laughs> intelligence, me the next time. You hear me? You know what's funny about this? Uh, not only do you have your own philosophy of life. I feel like your children take on your, your philosophy of life. Mm -hmm. One of our children has taken, we both were hard workers. One of our children has been like, this is the way. I'm going to be hard work. I'm going to wake myself up and do the other thing. Our other child has been like, I will be smooth. I'll get people to like me and it'll get me out of things. <laughs> and he's been using that part of one of our personalities. And the person who had, you don't have to tell who people who it was. I, I just wanted us, all, I just wanted us all to be clear, you know. And he's figured out why work hard if the principal likes me. He going to make right. sure I'm good. <laughs> and as a parent, you're just like, man, that's you're not wrong. No, but also, not. you <laughs> know, it's wrong. not all the way right. You know, and the other thing about parenting that I would be completely honest, 
I don't even know if I'm doing it right yet. Oh, we'll find oh. out in a couple. Stay tuned. Listen to me. I hope so. <laughs> I hope I'm doing. I'm doing the best I can. But I, whatever y'all talk about in therapy, I'm sure we messed up along the way. I tell them all that. All, <laughs> but you know what's also really beautiful? Being an adult. I literally had this conversation with my mom a few years ago. Being an almost 40-year-old woman who's been married for nearly 20 years with children, I extend grace to her today that I simply never could as a child that didn't experience the things that I've now experienced. And I would hope that even, you know, listen, I'd I, I be in the therapies, okay? Listen, all the T's weren't crossed, all the I's weren't dotted. But I know they didn't intend harm. Uh, that doesn't mean that wasn't a consequence, but I know they didn't intend it. And now that I've gone through my own struggle and I realize at 40, raising a 16 year old girl, I don't know what I'm doing every yeah. day, <laughs> every single day. I used to think that like, I want to raise these children in such a way that they don't have to get a therapist to unpack the things that I'm unpacking. And I think that's a lot of pressure <laughs> to put on ourselves, especially since this is our first time doing, like, even if this is not your first child, this is your first time raising this child right. on this day. And so there are a lot of firsts that you can't account for. So I'm no longer subscribing to the belief that a good sign of my parenting is that my children don't need therapy. I think the greatest sign of our parenting is that I am able to have conversations with them about the areas where they need it more and offer them at this stage in their life something that I maybe wasn't able to provide them before because you just never know like how they're going to receive it like we have busy lifestyles um, we're not at every single thing and I wish that we could be at every single thing and then you've got someone who's at every single thing and it's like but no one showed me how to walk in purpose and so I think <laughs> someone can always find a flaw in how you're showing up but to be able to say, I see how that could have affected you, and I'm sorry, what yeah. can I do now to serve you better? I think that that's, like, the only posture that's worthy of taking, because everything else, it just it's too much pressure. It's oh, too much pressure. Good luck. I'm doing the best I can. Tell me what you talked about. I'll be like, oh, dang, you is right. I remember right. one thing I was upset with my parents about for years. Years, y'all. And they apologized, and I was like, huh, that, that what? Wait. Now, what do I do with this? Feeling? Nah, I didn't. I don't. Where's the chip on my shoulder? Spawn now. I don't. Y'all apologize. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I love that, Sarah. No matter what you do, they will. If you're at every game and you didn't teach them about life or walking purpose, then not only did you not do something, but you didn't do what you were good at. Sure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I make sure when I'm at the games, I'm loud. So hopefully, his memory remembers the ones I'm at and not the ones I'm not at. Before we let you go, one more thing I, I was very curious about. Um, both of you, you have a blended family because you had previous relationships. Uh, so there's a love after marriage, a love after divorce. How did you learn some stuff, take some goods from things, take the bad, and then build a new relationship from, from ones that didn't work in the past? I'll, I'll jump in there real quick. Um, I think one of the things that really allowed us to connect on that first date a very big part of that conversation is what our divorces taught us about marriage. Mm. We, we, we felt like, although, you know, divorce is, is never pleasant. And quite frankly, it can be the, one of the most heart wrenching things you ever go through, but we felt empowered by us kind of doing an autopsy on, you know, what happened and, and why it failed, what was going in it, why it, began in the first place and we felt empowered and enlightened about life uh and so when we came together 
and we begin to talk and we begin to, to talk about what we had learned and who we are and how we see relationships and marriage, that really was one of the most unifying moments in that first date is because we had been blessed. I hate to use that term. And if there's someone listening, they're going through a divorce. I don't want to be insensitive, but we felt blessed by what we learned about ourselves, what we learned about life, what we learned about relationships. And we felt almost even more confident in stepping into this new marriage and being married nine months after that, that, that the first date, um, because of what we learned. So we didn't take the approach that because our previous relationships had failed, that we were incapable of choosing well, it was actually the opposite. We felt like what, because of what we experienced and consequently learned, we were in a better position to make a decision moving forward. Yeah, I think when it comes to really learning after a failed marriage or a failed relationship, if you walk away from that and think to yourself, I was a really good partner and everything that went wrong with that person, with our relationship had to do with that person, then your next relationship is likely going to fail. Because I think one of the gifts that we also gave ourselves is not just putting the blame on the other person, but recognizing like, where are my flaws? What are my needs that I didn't know how to vocalize? Mm -hmm. Where are the boundaries that exist for me that maybe I didn't? established in those previous relationships where the areas of growth that apply to me and I think that that positions you better to come into a relationship with humility so as a person begins to love on you and care for you and and investigate you like why do you do the things that you do where did that come from that you don't feel like someone is attacking you and you don't think to yourself okay I'm gonna just find someone else who doesn't see anything wrong with me like there mm. are going to be opportunities for you to grow in any relationship but trusting that the person is seeing you with the eyes of love and trusting because you know that you have work to do that this is a safe environment for you to do it has made all of the difference I am really really proud of who I am as a result of the love and environment that my husband has created for me I this reminds and, oh go ahead go ahead PT no the only thing I would add to that is and the only reason why I, I was able to grow and create an environment is because of the mistakes that I made before. I love it. Like I, I mm -hmm. really, uh, I, I'm better because of my mistakes. We're, we're reaping. I think that we're reaping uh, the, the advantages of what were disadvantages in our previous relationships. Yeah. Um, you guys are handling this extremely delicately and I, I I hear you and I think you guys it's really really beautiful and just to provide a little bit uh like add some meat on the bones because I hear exactly what you guys are saying one of my favorite she's a world-renowned um marriage therapist is um Esther Perel absolutely mm -hmm. just oh I love her she's um, amazing amazing but she always talks about um one of the benefit and, and again it's where you're saying like i don't mean blessing like that and it's not benefit like that but she always talks about some of the benefits of infidelity in that if you decide to stay together after infidelity a new relationship is born it is more honest and it is more communicative because you're able to re more readily, there's more humility and there's more self-awareness. So I'm able to more articulate, uh, better articulate, this is what went wrong. These are the things that 
um, were, were unfulfilled for me that maybe the person who, you know, cheated didn't say aloud. And so now that you've decided to stay together, this new relationship, so to speak, has this opportunity to be better off the backs of the mistake that was made. And so you have this conversation that looks like uh, we're going to stay together, right? Okay, good. Okay, so I never had told you in the 20 years that we were together, but like, this is really important to me. And these are the needs that weren't being met. And this is what made me really unhappy. And the other person is able to say, I didn't know that. 20 years together, I didn't know that. And I think that's what happens. We always talk about this when people are married for 20, 40, 50 years. And then they're like, we know this couple actually in um, Washington that got divorced after a whole bunch of kids, a whole bunch of grandkids. They were probably married for 30, 40 years, years um, and got divorced. And at some point you're kind of like, now girl, wait, what happened after 40 years? How did you not you're not being honest in communicating or you don't feel safe, whatever the word is, you don't feel safe in communicating those needs. And sometimes after divorce, after infidelity, you're more self-aware and you're like, so what won't happen again is that. Mm -hmm. What I've learned through that experience about myself is X, Y, and Z. And so I now take that knowledge of who I am into my next relationship. And so you're able to come uh, fuller, more self-aware, more communicative, more, um, all my pieces are coming out. All of these, all of these advantages, all of these benefits that allows you to say to your partner, Hey, this is what it is for me now. This is what's going on for me now. And the other partner becomes more aware of that. Am I saying, listen, let's be clear what I am and what I'm not saying. Go out and cheat. Absolutely natural. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, so you don't get to that point, is perhaps go to therapy. Find yourself a mediator who can help you identify and articulate those unmet needs. So you don't go looking for those needs to be met out, outside yeah. of the person you said I do to. And what we often don't yeah. do is the therapy part. We go find it to this other person with this other person. And then you come back like, I didn't really know, but now I know. Well, mm -hmm. now I don't know if I want to be with you because you didn't slept with X, Y, and Z. Okay. Yeah. Did I make, am I making sense you're a little making, bit? talking good. Okay. Thank you very much. I just want to add something to what PT and Sarah both said in their own way. And this is from a great movie called Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Come on, Kevin and Sarah. Um, <laughs> he said, you can never outrun your own feet. Sure enough. Basically, everywhere you go, there you are. So what I love that you guys have said is that if if your failed relationship is wholly on the other person, on the other person, guarantee not guaranteed, but the ch the likelihood that your next relationship will fail is very high because that's uh. just very unlikely to be true. Maybe it's true in one percent of Americans, very unlikely to be true. And I think one thing that takes uh that is necessary to build healthy relationships is taking inventory absolutely self-awareness and being honest about your your failures right if you are the best partner in the world and then why is it not working come on right yeah. and also you don't have to mm -hmm. go through a divorce to learn this is people always ask us is your book good for me is your podcast good for me if you're not married you can still learn from a previous relationship where yeah. did you not listen right we were watching um swarm last night um, so strange. Their argument, the last argument this couple had was the the um, Dre had bought tickets to Nigel's concert, 
And the person had said in the scene, and as a husband, I was like, ooh, you in trouble. Before she even said, I knew. She said she didn't like this artist in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, your partner will say things, and it is up to you to pick up on those things. If you're not going to pick up on those, and you don't do it with this partner, you break up, you're going to go to the next person, the next person's going to be like, I done told you I don't like this. I don't do this. You don't. It might it might sound differently. It might say, you bought me this ticket and I don't like this artist. The next person might say, you never listen. The next person might say, I've done this for you. Why is that not reciprocated? All three people are saying the same thing. Right. You don't see me. You don't hear me. And a lot of those tenants are universal across relationships. Just because you, this doesn't work and that's what we do as people, we don't want to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, uh, I look I'd be like messing it. I'd be messing up, right? I'm 270 because when I work out, I go by Chick-fil-A and I know I should not. I want to say, well, my daddy was big, my metabolism, and I keep getting hurt. Also, all that's true, but also I keep ordering milkshakes as a drink. It's my fault, Kev. I keep doing it. And too. then getting a drink. You can't do milkshakes <laughs> after drink. I'll eat a milkshake Ooh. every day. She will. She don't be no help because she ain't. It ain't her testimony. You got to give her something. <laughs> that's that, not her portion. That's, not her, that's portion. not her portion. And I'm not. I'm not disciplined enough to turn down Pinkberry when it's delivered. They bring it to y'all. I don't know if y'all know this. They bring the ice cream to your house. So I love that you guys were so so respectful of your priest relationships, but also you learn. And also, I, I'm. We grew up in an era where divorce was not an option. That's what we were taught in our church. That was what it was said. Somehow people were getting divorced, though. So yeah. is it an option or is it not? Um, and I love that you guys have said, here's what I learned from it. And we talked respectfully about your partners. We got to let y'all go. You guys are very busy. Yeah, I have one more, one last question to end it on. That's what I'm okay, okay, go. Um, if you were able to go back in time Come on. and speak to your younger self, in marriage, what advice would you give your younger self coming from what you know now? Is that what you're going to ask? I would tell my younger self that every time you bend over, anytime it looks like you are going to be in any type of compromising position, his love language is going to be to make sure you know. <laughs> <laughs> they commented on that video we did. You get it anywhere. Yes. <laughs> Receive it as love. Receive yes. it as love. <laughs> it ain't going to change. You understand me? It's not, not going to y'all have y'all 30th and 40th wedding anniversary, he, PT might take some more time getting over there. Come but on. you better believe he going to get over there. He get over there. Don't get up yet. Don't get up yet. Here I come. Here I come. <laughs> Help me right on. <laughs> I love it. Uh, PT, you have anything? Uh, not as hilarious as that. <laughs> um, but um, but I, I, I would just encourage the person considering getting married or entering into the marriage that self-discovery is a journey. Sure enough. And, uh, and, and, and just to take it slow, life is an unfolding. Uh, be patient with yourself. Uh, and, uh, and who you believe you are today, you may one day discover that you're not. Mm. Both those advices were good. Don't Come get on, me advices. wrong. I love <laughs> it. Um, you want to close? Yeah, I, I will. Do you have any right, last final thoughts? First of all, thank you guys so very much um, for joining us today, sharing a little bit of your time. I always say 
uh, that time is a commodity that is not replenishable. You can't get it back. The time you've spent with us is spent and it's, it's gone forever. So thank you for spending that time with us on today. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this conversation. I certainly did. There was a few different nuggets up in mm -hmm. there. Um, you know, the ones about parenting, the ones about love after um, uh, love after divorce or love after a failed relationship, even if that just means like a long term relationship. Take that opportunity to learn about yourself so you can show up a little bit better in your next relationship. OK, thank you guys so much. You want to tell the people where they can find you on, you know, the social medias or anything that you guys have coming up. I, I am Sarah Jakes Roberts, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or somebody's random timeline. And I guess the most exciting thing that I have coming up is our Woman Evolve Conference, September 14th through the 16th. So I'm looking forward to continuing the service that I get to do in helping women evolve. Love it. And I'm Tore Roberts, uh, Tore, T-O-U-R-E. Roberts and all the platforms and uh, yeah, we're throwing everything that we have at our conference in uh, September. I love it. Uh, fun fact I forgot to give. I actually spoke at the very yeah. first Woman Evolve. It's one of my um, there's a couple messages where I just know you ever preach a message and you just know I don't be preaching. I'll be teaching, but you just know, like the Holy Ghost sat on you during mm -hmm. It was one, there's like three messages that I can recall where I'm just like, without a shadow of a doubt, I know that guy was in that room. That is one of them. Um, I keep that message in my phone. Do you? It's I do too. J July 13, 2018 in Denver. Yeah. Yep. I recorded it wow. by hand and I've never deleted it because it was like, oh my God, listen, in her bag. Yeah. And you were speaking at a conference. And shout out to you, SJR, for, for inviting Melissa on your yeah. very first one. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And I also had a great memory. Denver, they had a cheeseburger that had peanut butter and jelly on it when we, we <laughs> ate it. We ate it after that. I mean, they were both amazing days, but I was like, you can do that. So yeah, my stuff was lost and everything. All right. Thank, <laughs> thank you guys, guys so, so much. Grace and thank peace of, among you in your travels and your journeys. Y'all, please uh, sign up for Woman Evolve. Even if you've I never heard of it. I think it sold out already, didn't it? No, not the conference. Oh, okay, okay. Go to it. It was transformative. Even for me, mm -hmm. I was there in support of Melissa. I learned a lot. Um, you might be able to find a, a person in love and talk about the word with them. Just make sure you text them, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank Bye. you, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you guys so, so much. much.